Hi, my name is Cooper Jones, and you're listening to Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Last week was awesome. It demonstrated the power of the basketball gods. It was sweet week for our Monarchs, bringing home two dubs from the road trip. Lots to talk about tonight, so let's get right to it. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you, guys. Glad to be with you. Stoked to have you back. Two games since our last show. 2-0 record, both on the road. What was really great about last week is you guys were really shorthanded. No Ben, limited email, and Tyreek Scott Grayson was out with an illness. Congratulations. It's hard to win two on the road, let alone with that many injuries. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, great about last week, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Quite honestly, we've we've moved on because this week is, you know, the games this week, uh, you know, a huge game coming up on Thursday. So uh, we've moved on. But, uh, you know, really proud of the team and scrapping and fighting and figuring out how how to get uh, two two really hard fought road wins. Uh, uh, obviously, very close coming down to the very last possession, the very last second. Um, and, uh, you know, we we we, we found a way and. Uh, you know, different guys really were, were able to, to step up. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we keep talking about grinding. Sometimes it's just you just keep hanging in there and keep hanging in there and, and, and try to be opportunistic. So the Coastal game, this game obviously ends with a foul. Bryce hits two of the three free throws to seal the game. This is an ending pretty much exactly like when we played them at home, just in the opposite direction. Have you ever been a part of a – two-game series with the team where the shoe was on the other foot almost exactly the same? No, I mean, that was surreal. I, we, we were there on the bench kind of saying, can you believe this is, you know, this is, is kind of unfolding in, in, in this way. Um, uh, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad it did. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly a measure of satisfaction and certainly in winning, but in winning that exact same way, uh, you know, so uh, uh, it, it, it's something that I, I don't think anybody could have predicted or, you know, thought it was was, was going to happen in that manner. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, college basketball it has, has some crazy outcomes. So I'm watching that in my living room, and I'm sitting on the couch, and they call it foul. And they start talking about it, and I'm like, I can't get up off the couch because I might – I might jinx what's going to happen here. So I got to sit here and endure what they might be talking about. So when that's going on, you guys are on a bench. Obviously, you, you're kind of like, can we believe that this is going on? As they're discussing, as they're looking at video, what are you guys thinking at that moment? Well, uh, number one is we, we we wanted to get, I believe it was Faison up to the, the, the scores table. We were going to sub him in uh, for, for Charles and, and just, you know, make sure that everyone knew exactly who they had. Uh, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, what we, we wanted them to throw it in front of us. We didn't want to catch anything going towards uh, the, the, the opposite basket. Um, uh, you know, some, some of the guys, I think we're talking to Bryce. I, I didn't, I didn't mess with him. Um, you know, I, I quite honestly had a lot of confidence in him. Uh, you know, we, during the course of the preseason and, 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 and the season, you know, we'll do different uh, free throw shooting contests uh, at the conclusion of practice. And one in particular, uh, it just kind of 
falls to a situation where Bryce is always the last guy shooting the free throw. And, and he's, he's the guy that more so than, than any, anyone else, um, when we're in those situations, you know, he's come through and he's won for, for the team, uh, against, against the competition. So, uh, you know, if we had anybody up there, he would be the guy. I, I think everybody on the staff, every, you know, all the, the, the players would agree. Uh, if we were in that exact same situation, we'd want Bryce to be up there. Um, so, you know, when he made the first one, that, that obviously, uh, you know, that, that obviously felt good. It felt good. Um, the, the second one, you know, he, he, he kind of pulled up, pulled up short on, on that one. Uh, but uh, I, I think I, you know, I, I had faith in him and obviously he uh, really rose to the occasion and, and knocked that last one to win the game. All right. And the South Alabama game, like this was another grinded out game. An amazing defensive play. I believe it was Dorico that got the block. We had two big men down there making that shot very difficult. That seals the game. Did you expect them to play it like that? Or yeah, I mean, we expected South Alabama. That's what they had had success with, kind of spread the floor and going one on one with uh, Isaiah Moore. Um, you know, we 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 finally got the matchup that we wanted with Makai on him. Some some uh, uh, you know some uh, uh, unsettled situations and, and and some kind of weird line not weird lineups but different lineups kept us from from doing that. Uh, but he had a lot of success on uh, on uh, D'Angelo. You know, getting in there. He, he's a power guard. Uh, he had only hit he hit one three against us prior to that. He'd only hit four for the whole year. But what he was really really good at what he is really, really good at is getting down there in the lane and kind of backing you in and scoring with Makai's size. That that's the matchup that we wanted. Fortunately, it was a dead ball. We were able to get that matchup. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Dorico was waiting for that opportunity. Uh, you know, Moore had to deal with Makai, uh, number one, and then he didn't see Dorico coming over there and made obviously a, a huge block uh, to, to seal the game. I know watching on TV, they certainly seemed to be surprised with Makai at that point in time. It looked like they wanted to take the ball, the ball to the hole with about, I think it was 17 seconds, and then all of a sudden Makai was there, and it was like, okay, we've time out. We've got to change this up. I know that Mike and I were texting with Scott Jackson at the time, kind of debating what we thought that you guys might do and what they might do, and I know I was surprised that they didn't go to the basket, but I think they were surprised to see Makai there and weren't really ready for that. Well, I think he tried to go to the basket. Makai, just the combination of the length and, and the ability to slide his feet and move laterally, you know, kind of forced, forced him out rather than allowing him to turn the corner. We actually talked about in the timeout, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was the one that brought it up. I wasn't inclined to do it, but I at least wanted to consider it uh, of, of going to the zone. Um, you know, they had struggled some with, with the zone. Uh, the thing about that is, you know, you are vulnerable to, you know, just just throwing up a three, you know, even if it's not a good three, you know, getting getting a look at it. And with 15 seconds, I think it was 15.6 is what I I, um, I, I thought it was. Uh, uh, but um, or maybe that was uh, maybe that was the coastal game. I, I can't I'm, I'm getting them confused, but uh, that seemed like a little bit too much time. To, to be in the zone. Had it been, you know, below eight seconds, we, we might have gone to the, to the zone 
uh, to, you know, to try to confuse them and, you know, keep them from, uh, uh, you know, uh, attacking and knowing what they were doing. Well, speaking of Makai, he had an amazing week. Today, he was named Sunbelt Player of the Week, I believe. 19 points, 19 rebounds. Those 19 rebounds made me go look in the record books to see how close he was. And it looks like the Division One record at Old Dominion is 23 rebounds. So he was not far away from getting into the record books. Yeah, I, he, he just had a great game. I, you know, I, I don't know if you all really noticed or felt like this, but the beginning of that Coastal Carolina game was really fast paced. I mean, both teams were racing up and down the floor in, in that first 10 minutes. And, um, you know, Makai was, was uh, you know, a number of times got the rebound and just pushed it. Um, you know, we, I, I almost think we were playing. Uh, I, I told him I, I loved the pace. I, I loved what we were doing. We just needed to slow down a little bit on the, the shots. We weren't getting, uh, you know, we, we weren't getting buckets out of the, 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 the fast break situations. But, um, you know, Makai was just in, in high gear. Uh, you know, at that, at that point, but throughout the game, you know, if you think about the big rebounds defensively and then the big rebounds, uh, Faison got a couple, Rico got one or two, got one on a free throw. Uh, Makai got a couple that got us extra possessions um, because in that second half, we really struggled, uh, you know, off, offensively. Uh, you know, they, they made a point, they being coastal made a point of keeping Chauncey out of the lane and, you know, he was actually over trying, uh, you know, he, he was trying to make a play, trying to make something good happen. And, you know, finally, we just had to say, look, quit trying to score. You got to be a point guard. What great players do is make their teammates better, the other guys around them better. And after that, I think he settled down a little bit and, uh, you know, made some really nice passes, uh, you know, to, to guys some open looks. But, uh, you know, but guys, 19 rebounds. You know, uh, there were offensive rebounds were really, really crucial in addition to him, you know, doing, uh, you know, his, his normal great job on the defensive boards. So when you've got a player out, you know, Tyreek was out uh, with an illness. Is it easy for a player like Chauncey to think that he's got a little, do a little bit too much, maybe put a little bit too much on his shoulders um, in that situation? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a trap that sometimes, I, you know, players, players might fall into and it's not. It's not selfish by any stretch, but it's just, you know, trying, trying to make plays, trying to do a little bit too much, especially when, as I said, Coastal Carolina was saying, you're not beating us by, by driving to the basket. Um, you know, they're, they're taking that away. So, uh, you know, you got to make the adjustment and somebody else has to step up. And, uh, you know, D'Angelo didn't shoot a good percentage. Bryce didn't shoot a good percentage, but they made crucial shots the two threes that Bryce made down the stretch were huge and, and D'Angelo made the one uh, I, th I think he was going uh, to it to his left right there about the the, the left elbow and he pulls up uh, and then uh, shoots a, a pull-up jumper that he, he knocked down uh, uh, Antonio Antonio Day uh, was 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 gardening you know those were, were really really buckets when you know, Chauncey just, it was just one of those nights. Chauncey didn't have it going. Somebody had to score. And, and, and both of those guys, you know, were able to make some, uh, you know, some, some, some really timely baskets. All right. So it's been a couple of weeks since Ben had his injury. And last week we did not have Rick Scott Grayson because of his illness. 
how are both looking for this week? I mean, Tyreek should be fine. I mean, he, he had a, I, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the flu. It wasn't COVID. So, you know, some, some sort of uh, respiratory uh, ailment. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, he, he said he could go on, uh, uh, on Saturday, uh, tried to go on, on Thursday, uh, but just didn't have it. Um, uh, but he should be ready to go. And then, uh, you know, Ben, uh, actually today, uh, you know, went, went to the doctor and they gave him the thumbs up. Uh, he's, he was able to practice today, uh, live full go. They have to pad his hand, which again is his left hand. So, you know, he's, that's his shooting hand and that, that makes it a little bit more difficult, but, uh, you know, we'll play it by ear. Uh, he, he was a little bit hesitant, uh, today, you know, a little bit tentative with that, but we'll see, you know, each, each day, does he get a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more uh, confident? Uh, and, and then we'll make a decision, you know, can he play third? Um, right now at this moment, I'd say probably, but we'll see. Um, you know, and, 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 and it, it might be that he needs a little bit more time to get acclimated to, to the pad. Uh, and, and, and maybe it's Saturday or maybe it's next week. Uh, but the, the good thing is, you know, it, it looked like, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's healed up and uh, it's just, just going to be sore right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think he should be, uh, you know, able to get back out on the, on the court and uh, help, help the team. Well, I think the silver lining here is you guys are able to go on the road, win two tough games with Tyreek being out with an illness, with Emo having limited minutes coming back from his illness and Ben being out. All significant contributors. And it's got to be a pretty positive thing. In- yeah, and, and look, the, the experience that, that, that D'Angelo is getting, that Bryce is getting, and, and you know, we needed because we, we were down. You know, we, we needed Charles to come in. Uh, you know, played eight, I think, at South Alabama, and I'm not sure what it was at Coastal, but, um, you know, uh, everybody's getting a chance to contribute, and when they get in there, they're, you know, they're, they're playing hard, and they're competing, so you can't ask for a, a whole lot more. Charles seems, on the defensive end this year, he seems to have upped his game quite a bit. Uh, it's, you know, it's never going to be his strong suit, but he, he is, you know, he, he, he's committed. He, he wants to be better, and he's you know, he's trying to, to, to do a good job. He made some, uh, some, some, some real smart basketball plays from a, the, the defensive uh, end. Uh, I, I believe it was against Coastal, um, uh, where I can just envision him being in what we call middle help and, and staying there and being disciplined. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, you know, he's, he's made a concerted effort this year at, at being a better de- defender. All right, so we've had these different lineups, so you've kind of been put into a position to play the last couple of weeks. Has it made you reevaluate what we do moving forward, or we, you know, we, we we're as you guys have, have indicated, we're in a positive place right now, and I I think that uh, you know I just I, I wanted those guys that were able to uh, you know compete and scratch and claw and find a way to win. You know, they're going to stay in in the starting lineup at least for now. You know, we'll. We'll see. You know, we can always change it again if, if need be. But we're going to go with the lineup that, that essentially won us those those two games last week. Uh, and, and you know, we, we know that we've got, uh, you know, Tyreek ready to come off the bench. And uh, perhaps, Ben, we'll, we'll have to see on, on that one. But, you know, I, I think we've, we've got some guys feeling pretty good about themselves and what they've been able to accomplish. 
All right. This week, we are back in Charway Arena at the TED. First up, Thursday night, is a renewal of an old rivalry. James Madison comes to town. Game is at 7 p.m. Uh, they're 15-8 and eight overall, 6-4 and four in conference. They have won four of their last five. What can fans expect from the Dukes on Thursday night? They are very, very aggressive in the ha- their half-court defense. Um, they, they pressure the ball. They blow up handoffs. They attack uh, ball screen situations. They are in the top ten in the country in both uh, turnovers forced and steals. Uh, they're 21st, uh, I believe, in the country in, in fast break points. Um, so, you know, a lot of their offense comes from that very aggressive defense. They're going to play 10, maybe 11 guys. Um, and, and, I mean, I'll just – they foul every possession. But, you know, the, the referees can't. You know, they, they wear down the referees and they wear down the opponents. Um, but they're, they're very effective, very aggressive, um, and, uh, you know, do a great job at the defensive end that, that leads to points. And then at the offensive end, they've, they've got some really talented young men. Uh, Vado Morse is, is a, uh, you know, an experienced guard, and he, he's a guy, he, he's real crafty with the ball. He can do a lot of good things. And they've, they've got a number of other guys that if, if, if you don't respect them, uh, you know, they can make you play. Um, yeah, you know, guys that, that have started in their career and, and you know, now they're, they're, they're coming off the bench and playing a big role because, as I said, they, they substitute. They, they play a lot of different guys. Um, so we've got to be strong with the ball. We've got to be smart. Um, you know, there's that fine line. You want to be aggressive, but you can't be trying to do things that aren't high percentage plays because if you do, this is a team that will take advantage of it and, and, and make you pay right away. So two, are there any other teams that Monarch fans, if you were to compare this defense to another team that they're familiar with, who would that be? I don't know that we've played anybody uh, like that this this year. You know, they're not running around and trapping. You know, they're not they'll 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 do some one two, one, two, two, three quarter court pressure at, at times, but where they hang their hat, they're just they're just really good and very tenacious at the half court level. I, I can't recall off the top of my head anybody that we've played this year uh, that, uh, you know, that, that applies that much pressure uh, and is as physical defensively all over the, over that, that half court as, as what James Madison does. And I know throughout the season of the podcast, you talked about the, the Sun Belt and the willingness of the officials to kind of let it be a more physical, rough type of game, which seems to play into this sort of defense how do you prepare your guys for what you know is going to happen thursday and is there any way to kind of try to neutralize a style of defense where you know that they're initiating so much contact and there could be a foul call on every play well you you've got to play together and you you know if they're going to deny an entry pass you've got to do a good job of setting yourself up using your teammates and 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 getting open uh you have to as as we always talk about do your work early. If you just wait till the, your teammate is ready to throw you the ball and you try to get open, that's probably too late, you know, and then and the timing's going to be messed up. You got to anticipate and see what's going on and, 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 and step across and, and come to meet the pass. Uh, and, and you've got to be ready to pass and you've got to be ready to be a receiver at the, at the right moment. Um, you know, we, we, we did do some drills today and, and dribble handoff situations uh, ball screen situations, 
uh, and, and we played some some live, just having the white team trying to blow up dribble handoffs, being very physical with the, the ball handlers out top. And, you know, you, you, you can't – and I think, you know, this is so true just in any game, but particularly against, uh, you know, uh, such an aggressive defense as, as James Madison's, you know, you, you can't be looking at the officials the, to bail you out. You know, you, you've got to be strong and you've got to figure it out and, and know how to play through the contact uh, and because you, you never know what the refs are going to call or what they're going to let go. So you, you've, got to, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be better than that. And so that's, that's really what we're emphasizing. So in your review of their game tape, is there a specific area that you have highlighted as an opportunity for us? Well, I, yeah, I, I think the big thing is doing a good job with our offense, all right? Not only scoring and being strong with the ball, because teams teams come away if they do a good job. You know, teams are scoring, you know, 28 points in the paint, 26 points in the paint, 25 points in the paint. Um, so, you know, you if you're strong with the ball and you don't give it up, you know, you can get in there. You can get some 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 good opportunities. There's there's opportunities at times uh, for for back cuts. Um, uh, you know, to, to, to get to, uh, layups going to the basket. But the, the real key, I think, is, is making sure those live ball turnovers, you know, they, they cost you. And, and if, if we can take, uh, you know, those away or a majority of those away, that, that limits their offense, right? They want to get out and they want to go. It's hard to, if you're taking the ball out of, 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 of the net, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to run in those situations. Harder, I, I guess I would say. Um, and, and even if you take a good shot, if they've got to rebound it and we've done a good job of moving them around, it's harder to, to run. If, if we aren't strong with the ball, you know, they come up with a live turnover. They're looking to convert it right now. And it's really hard in that open court situation to, to defend. So not only does it help us offensively if we're strong with the ball, it really, really benefits our, our, our defense, uh, you know, if, if, if we're not turning the thing over. All right. And Saturday night, Georgia Southern comes to town. Game is at 7 p.m. They are 12 and 11 overall, 5 and 5 in the conference. They're on a bit of a slide, losing four of their last five. So you've seen this team up close. You beat them in overtime in Statesboro. We know you're focused on JMU, but can fans expect anything different from the Eagles this time around? Well, I do know that a couple of their, their starters uh, didn't play the last game. One of them actually hasn't played uh, the last two or three games. I'm not sure exactly why. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see after Thursday's game, uh, you know, kind of what, are, are they back in the lineup or are they still out? Uh, you know, so they've, they've been in the same boat as us uh, with, with uh, you know, kind of a, a war of attrition. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're a well-coached team, a solid team. Uh, whatever happens Thursday night, we know that we'll have to be ready come Saturday uh, afternoon or Saturday evening, excuse me. After the break, we're going to have Emo on the show, Coach. This is his second season as a Monarch. You know, obviously he's your floor general. You've got some moving parts right now with him having been out, but he's led the point for you guys. Can you just kind of chat with us a little bit about Emo and kind of how he's developed as a Monarch so far? Uh, you know, last year as, as a freshman, it was, uh, you know, at, at, at times it was a struggle for Emo, you know, trying to to find his his place um, uh, and, and and how he had to play at the collegiate level. Um, you know, he's, he's come in and I think, uh, you know, he's really made some some really good strides. 
uh, as, as a sophomore. Um, you know, we did make in, in, in that Georgia Southern game, the first game, we did make the change and put Chauncey into the starting lineup. But, you know, Emo continues to, to be an important cog, you know, for, for our team. Um, you know, I think the, one of the big things is uh, for, for him learning and, and, and accepting, you know, he's, he's not going to be the best athlete out there on the floor. He's a little bit smaller. And so he's got to understand from a toughness standpoint, from a smarts standpoint, the, the, the plays that he can make uh, on, on a regular basis and on a high percentage basis. That's the big thing because, you know, he can, he can be, a, you know, a, whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench, he can be a, a really uh, important contributor to us uh, at, at both ends of the floor. Um, and we, we just are excited about his potential to, uh, you know, continue developing uh, as a collegiate basketball player. All right, Coach. Well, we are going to be at the basketball breakfast tomorrow. We can't wait to be back in the TED for these two games. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you for joining us tonight, and go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. All right. See you guys uh, bright and early tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. Y'all have been asking, and today we deliver. Joining us in the podcast studio is the Wiley, Texas, 5'11 sophomore guard, Emo Essien. Welcome to the world's best and only ODU podcast, Emo. Man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for joining us, Emo. First off, it's great to see you healthy and back on the court. We've seen the love that Monarch fans have been showing you over the last couple of weeks. Uh, how are you feeling? And give a message to those Monarch fans. Oh, man. I'm First of all, I'm feeling a lot better, you know. Um, I'm blessed as well. Um, and to the Monarch fans, man, I, I really appreciate y'all. You know, me and my family, I can speak for both of us. Um, you know, when something like that, something that tragic happens, your mind your mind wanders everywhere, you know. And to have a um, a consistent, you know, support, support system, you know, like the Monarch fans, it kind of keeps you, it keeps you, keeps you in a good space. So definitely a big thanks to y'all for, uh, you know, that love and support that was extended to me and my family. So earlier today, it was announced that you'd be one of the speakers at the Curators of Change Forum on February 1st. It's going to be in the Big Blue Room at 6 p.m. So this forum is a celebration of Black History Month. We'll focus on African-American culture within the world of sports and includes other speakers like NFL alum and 757 native Antoine Bethea. First, congratulations. Mm -hmm. It's got to be pretty cool to be asked to do something like this. Second, what what kind of speech are we gonna get from you? Uh, honestly, I mean, I'll be spoiling it. You know what I'm saying? So, honestly, I don't know exactly. Um, but you know, I'm just I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to be there, represent my people. Uh, and and I want it to be authentic. You know, what I mean, I want to be myself. So I don't know what type of speech I get. Well, however I'm feeling that day, however it's, it's all gonna be from the heart, though. I can guarantee that. That's great to hear. And I know if, you know, folks are going to be listening to this, this podcast is going to drop tomorrow morning about 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. So in the show notes, we're going to put, you know, we'll put a link to let people know kind of how to get there and um, what the details are um, to hopefully um, get it as much um, attention as it deserves. Definitely. All right, Emo. So you went to high school at Bishop Lynch High School in Wiley, Texas, and you played AAU ball for Texas Impact. 
Tell us a little bit about how you actually became a monarch. I got to correct you. I, I went to Bishop Lynch High School, private school in Dallas, East Dallas. Um, but I was born, you know what I mean, and raised in Wiley, Texas. So I, I laid my head in Wiley, Texas, and I went to high school in Dallas. Um, but how I became a monarch. Um, uh, coach staff, you know, definitely it was recruiting me. I mean, on me hard, you know, uh, speaking to my family and I consistently. Um, you know, it felt like a family before I was even here. You know, it felt like home. Um, and also, you know, being from Texas, you know, Texas is so big. You know what I'm saying? You, I always knew I just, I wanted to get away. You know what I mean? I wanted to get out, see something different, you know, because, you know, being in Texas, being a Texan, it kind of in this bubble, in this box, you know what I mean? You restrain the Texas way of living, Texas way of thinking, um, all that type of stuff. So I knew, you know, uh, that this was a great area to be as well, you know, just for living arrangements and, and kind of, you know, gelling with the, a different side of the world. Uh, and then, you know, I, I knew the, the rich culture of this program. Um, and I knew that, you know, I would like my, I would see myself and like to be in something like this. All right. So this is your second season at ODU. After a good amount of time with the program, how do you feel about where your game is right now and where can it go? Um, I tell people all the time, uh, definitely a totally different player than what I was last year. Um, just from a, you know, understand, understanding uh, standpoint, uh, um, definitely, you know, confidence uh, way, way higher. Um, game is a little slower for me. Um, but honestly, you know, I feel like I'm nowhere near my full potential. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, you know, moving forward, I'm still learning, you know, game by game by game, still learning, I'm still getting better. Uh, coach is still on me. So that's good. And, and, you know, I just know moving forward that, you know, the, 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 the stepping, you know what I mean? The blocks that I'm, Stepping on, I mean, it's, it's going to keep elevating my game and keep making me a better player. So, definitely. All right, Emo. So, we never know what we're going to get with this question. Mm. So, looking back at some photos, you wore the number two in high school. Right. Now, as a monarch, you wear the number three. Mm. So, tell us where the number three comes and if there's any significance behind it. Uh. I would be lying if I told y'all it was because behind number three. I know it sounds good, but I want to be honest with y'all. Uh, I've been number two my entire life. Uh, my brother, like my superhero, he he wore number two. So, you know, I mean, I'm a little bro. So I wore number two because of him. Uh, and then, you know, when when you know, when I signed the Old Dominion, they they asked me, like, what number would you like? And I'm like, number two is a no-brainer. And uh, nah, somebody already has that. I'm like, wow, like. I got to wear a different number. You know, I'm like, you know, why not take a, a, a notch up, make it number three? And then my cousin, actually NFL running back now, but when he was in college, he wore number three at Arizona State. So I was like, you know, that you know, he's an athlete in the, in the family or both number three. So I, I guess there is some significance, but originally, nah, I wanted to be number two. So that was Brady's number when you were being recruited, right? Yeah, and I, I even he, he, he could tell you like, I even DM'd him like I, I messaged him like, hey man, do you really know love number two? Like, what I got to eye, you know what I'm saying? If I can get number two, that'd be great, whatever. But you know, <laughs> and who's your cousin, the running back? Uh, Eno Benjamin. Yeah, so I'm Emo. He's Eno. So he went to Arizona State. Um, set records there, rushing as a running back, and 
Um, played for the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, a couple years. Uh, traded to the Texans, and now he's uh, with the Saints. Awesome. So back to hoops. In a game of one-on-one, what is your go-to move? Uh, I'm more of a straight-to-the-point type guy. Like, I'm really just using my speed. I'm just whipping the ball. Like, I'm ripping past you, you know what I'm saying? Attacking attacking that leg, you know, against my right hand. Um, trying to hurry up and get that ball off the glass before somebody can come get it. That's me. I'm just – I'm trying to – all right, so I don't know if you've had an opportunity to listen to any of the podcasts this season, but this question has become kind of an emo question. So y'all spent a lot of time with each other on the road, at the Mitch, obviously in Chartway, but this season, more times than not, your teammates have shared something interesting about you. Mm-hmm. So tell us a fact. Do, do we want you want to ask this question, Mike, or do we want to discuss how this has kind of evolved over the, the podcast first, which, which direction we want to go. I think we want to, we need to ask the question of him. And then we'll come back to us, it. But we okay. need to explain why it's the email question and walk him through all of the different things that have been said about. All right. Do we want to walk through first or find out the fact first? What do you think, Emo? What do you want uh, to uh, Let's find out the fact first and we can, we can come back to it. Uh, all right. So <laughs> Tell Monarch Nation a hidden talent or interesting fact about one of your teammates that they'd have no idea about. Um, I would say surprisingly, surprised me as well. And I didn't believe him at first, but uh, Trey Brown, uh, he's a, a really good singer. Like, he can really sing. Yeah, like, I catch him every once in a while. I'm like, wow, like, that was, you know what I'm saying? That was, that was a good note, like, you know what I'm saying? He'll be like, yeah, bro, I can sing, I told you. I ain't believe you, but hey, Trey is Trey can Anything in particular? Nah, I mean, he likes a lot of a lot of that type of music to where you you I mean you can't actually sing along, you know what I mean? So whatever he's really listening to, I mean, if I'm riding with him in a car, he'll kind of you know catch it like just you know what I mean, kind of get lost in the song and end up singing. And I catch him. I'm like, bro, I caught you catching. I, I caught you singing. Okay, you can sing. I believe you now. You know what I'm saying? Good deal. All right, Mike, I think we need to go through these one by one. And then, Emo, you tell us, you know, either fact or fiction. Uh, and then if there needs to be some sort of explanation, you can let Monarch Nation kind of pull the curtain back on it. All right. All right cool. So I can butt in whenever I need to. Absolutely. Yeah, right, this cool. is your show. All so, right. Mike, why don't you hit the first one? All right. I think this is the most interesting one. They say you have six toes. That is completely false. Uh <laughs> Not I got five toes, both feet. Um, um, I was born with extra fingers, you know. So the doctor cut one on each hand. The doctor cut them off when I was born. Um, they're like smaller than the, the pinky. Uh, and it's like a a ninety percent um trait in my family. So my brother has it. Doctor cut him off when he was born. Um, my aunt has it. My mom has it. Um, my grandfather has it. And down the line, my my nephew, my my um brother's son has it as well. So that's kind of that's kind of that's how you know he he or she is an Essian. That's how you know he they're in our family if they got an extra finger. Yeah, not doctor just you know ties it. Um, you got to keep it you know keep it vaseline stuff like that, and it'll just eventually fall off. I can't even imagine how good your handle would have been if you would have kept. All six on both. A lot of people say that, but I don't know. I don't think I could have controlled that finger. I don't think that control that finger could really be 
you know, kind of moved like the other ones. I guess we'll never know. All right. The second one is we've heard that you snore like a chainsaw. Okay. Uh, I have to admit to that one. Yeah, I, I definitely see this. Here's the thing though. I, I love to sleep. Sleep is, sleep is like one of my favorite things to do. I consider it a hobby of mine. Um, and they all tell you that. But the problem is I can fall asleep at any given time, any given moment. Like you'll be talking to me and I close my eyes and you, you turn around and I'm asleep. You know what I'm saying? And, and then the other problem is like I do snore very loud. You know what I'm saying? But I like, you know, when we go on the road and you have your roommate, I try to be, you know what I mean? kind about it if i would say that i'll try to be kind about it so i'll tell them like look man like you know y'all you know i snore loud you know i fall asleep fast so you might as well want to hurry up and, and get your z's in right now so that you can get a head start on me you still got your phone in your hand tv on the lights on i'm trying to help you out i get to quickly close my eyes it's a wrap so that's on you at that point now you got to deal with it because i'm tired so well, I know a lot of guys my age that are listening to this are jealous of your ability to fall asleep like that. Um, oh, yeah. As you get older, it's just not there. I don't, I don't know. I, like, I literally, when I when I lay my head down and I close my eyes, I'm gone. Like, I don't, now, next thing I know, I'm waking up. All right, next one. BJ Gill said, you're like Drake. You are a certified lover boy. <laughs> uh uh yeah i i can i can admit to that yeah i like the yeah i like the little yeah i, I i'll say i admit to that yeah that's all i'll say <laughs> a true casanova never needs to expand on things there I agree. good i like what i like that's that. <laughs> good deal all right so some of them were facts some of them were fiction and some of them were kind of partial truth so that's that's good to know yeah that's that's, that's a that's a good rating all right, Emo, back to hoops. What has been your most memorable game so far as a Monarch? Uh, selfishly, I would have to say it's either between this year versus this season versus uh, Norfolk State, who I close a game with those, you know, those free throws, four free throws back to back, um, or um, Gardner Webb when I, you know, down and I hit someone at the game winner. So yeah, I was two. All right. What's the favorite gym that you've ever played ball in? Favorite gym that I ever played ball in? That's a great question. As a monarch or just in general? It can be in general. Or you can give us both if you want. As a monarch, I gotta say Chartway Arena, man. Chartway Arena, that's where everything goes down. In general, all my years playing, I would have to say Duncanville Fieldhouse. It's a gym back home. Very popular. Like, if you back home and you really play ball, you played in that gym at one point in your life. Like, everybody knows that gym is popular gym. Um, it's just always crazy games there from, and it goes from, you know, since I was, what, second, third grade, all the way to my, you know, my high school. That gym has some, some really good guys come through there, like league guys now who, you know what I mean, had all type of different cameras on them at the at that point. College coaches there, yeah. That that gym is is legendary. Is that in Wiley or is, or in Dallas? No, it's that not. There's or a, neither. Nothing, here's the thing: nothing happens in Wiley. Nothing at all happens in Wiley. Wiley is <laughs> well, small. you happened in Wiley, so I, I like that. Make sure that's that that should be 
Yeah, I like that. That should be put. So I need you to send me that. You saying that. I like that. But uh, yeah, nothing really happens in Wild is, you know, I mean, small town. But, you know, me, I had to drive, you know, all the way to Dallas to play, play ball. So uh, Duncanville Fieldhouse is it's in Duncanville. Um, it's like right outside of Dallas. Um, and that gym, man, that gym is the food's good there. Uh, so many courts. A lot of talent has came to that gym. Yeah. All right. Favorite restaurant in Norfolk or at ODU? Favorite restaurant in Norfolk. I would have to say it's either between Baker's Crust uh, or America's Best. We don't have America's Best uh, back home where I'm from. So I love and fries combo. Yeah, I would have to say Baker, Baker's Crust more on a no high end. You know, my parents come to town, I'll probably take them there. America's best. If my if my friends, you know what I mean, come into town, I'll probably take them there. So, yeah, a little bit of both between those. All right. So, if you're not at the TED or Chartway, you're not at the Mitch, what's your favorite spot on campus? Uh, Besides my bed, we get a nap in. Um, I like the web, you know what I mean? Uh, pop a spot on campus, go get some food, you know. Um, see different people, you know, because we're always in a gym, like you said, like you just name a lot of like we're always at a gym or doing something basketball related, you know what I mean? Um, so being aware, you kind of feel more like a, a normal just, just student, you know what I mean, without the athlete part. So I would say definitely aware. All right, favorite basketball movie. Favorite basketball movie. I want they sound real true about this. I would have to say love and basketball. Loving basketball, yeah. So I guess PJ, PJ listening to this, yeah. I'm a lover boy, certified lover boy. Loving basketball. So uh, did you know Coach Delisha Mitten Jones was in that movie? For real? Yeah. Do you know the scenes where the LA Sparks are in it? The very oh, end? Yeah, at the end, at the end, yeah. Yeah, she was on the Sparks at the time, so she's in those uh, that's scenes. Crazy. That's crazy. Heck of a movie. I love that movie. All right. Food keeps coming up in this whole discussion. I know Mike and I are big fans of food, and it seems like you're a pretty big fan of food also, Emo. So what is something that, one of your favorite foods, something that you could get back in Texas that you miss, that you just can't get here? Uh, I don't know. Some people might not like me on this one, but uh, I don't – I feel like our soul food is better. It's, it's not – I don't really like it down here like that. So when I go home, like that's a must. I'm getting so I'm soul food every time, you know. It's really popular back home. I would say soul food and Mexican food are the two foods that are really popular back home that uh, I wish I could kind of bring that with me on a plane back to Norfolk. Um, and then, you know, a little, uh, I don't know if y'all heard of it, but a little um, fast food restaurant, Whataburger. Uh, that's a Texan thing that, kind of you really like that's open 24 hours so oh yeah i know whataburger i was stationed in corpus christi texas back okay. in the late 90s so i, I know whataburger very well okay you know something there yeah oh yeah that's absolutely that and i think we had a taco cabana like pretty close to the the whataburger oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know something there. yeah that's a yeah. hot spot man gotta have whataburger every time i go home that's the first place i stop so what do you pick up at bucky's oh okay now we talking bucky's i I'm one of the guys, I go to Bucky's. Look, Whataburger is one of those things where, you know, it's a fast food restaurant, so you know what you're getting every time. Bucky's, I kind of like to explore, you know what I mean? Because Bucky's has so much, man, so much stuff that you can get. So I kind of 
depending on how I'm feeling, man, I might want, you know, a burrito. I might want, you know, a chicken sandwich or um, pulled pork sandwich, whatever I'm feeling, man. I might grab me um, banana pudding with it, um, you know, that's whatever, man. I, I, I usually splurge when I go there. Man. I, I really get a lot of stuff. I don't know how you can choose. That is yeah, it's like an of, unlimited menu. Exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas, though. Favorite musical artist or band? Uh, Everybody would know that. Future is my favorite artist. Um, I listen to Future more than anybody, any artist. Like, everybody knows if you get in my car, it's probably going to be some type of Future plan. Um, I just, he's very versatile. You know what I'm saying? He got love songs. He got... Rap songs, he got, you know, pain songs, all type of different stuff in future. So I would have to say him, uh, Drake, definitely up there. Um, I love Erica Badu. Uh, Lil Baby. Yeah. Yeah. I would say those four really get the most rotation in my playlist. All right. If you could sit down with any person, past or present, and have a conversation, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a great question, man. Uh, I can say that with any person, past or present. Who would I choose? Man. Uh, I would have to give, you know, I would have to say, okay, so I'll give two answers. Um, I would have to say, basketball-wise, uh, Chris Paul, definitely. I mean, I've, I've always, I admire, you know, smaller um, guards, you know what I mean, being one myself. Um, and, you know, he's really a musician with the basketball. Uh, very unpredictable, um, great in ball screen situations, um, finds, finds his teammates at a high rate, doesn't turn the ball over, um, really uh, I've always loved him at the point guard position. Definitely my favorite point guard of all time. Um, and if I had to choose someone to have sat down with, past or present, I would have to say, through my firm beliefs in Jesus Christ, um, you know, being a believer of Christ, I feel like sitting down with him would have been better than any other. You know, that maybe two minutes with him versus an hour anybody else would be. Life change, definitely. All right. I don't know how you top that answer, but uh, if you could play one-on-one with any player, who would you pick and are you going to win? If I could play one-on-one with any player, who would I pick if I'm going to win? Uh, oh, man. I might have to say Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah. If I admire his game, that's one of my favorite PGs. I would say Chris Paul. Am I going to I mean – you think I'm going to lose? Like, no, I'm going to win. I'm definitely going to win. I'm not going to play if I think I'm going to lose. So I'm going to have to tell you I'm going to win. And then when I win, it's, it's being blasted everywhere. I beat Chris Paul. I beat Chris Paul. Yeah, it's going everywhere. So, Aaron, has anyone said they would lose? Bryce is the only one that was like, I don't know. I hope not. No, not a single person has. Yeah. You know, you beat Chris Paul and then take his commercials away from him. Oh, yeah. I need That'd be the, you. I need, I need the whole Farm contract. I need all that. Yeah. I have to say, he does a pretty good job in those commercials too. No, yeah, Chris Paul is—he's a real deal though. Because you know, I've—I've I've seen him 
you know, in person. Uh, I used to play on the, the, the Nike circuit my freshman year uh, with Houston Hoops. And, you know, he has his, his team, CP3, Team CP3. You know, I played him um, and beat him. But I saw him in person. It was actually funny. When I saw him, uh, you know, when you play, against, you play against Chris Paul's team and he's there, you know. I wasn't playing, but I was, you know, I was in the gym. I think he was playing against We All Can Go. Uh, and, you know, when you're playing against an NBA guy, like, you you, you want to let him know, like, look, like, we're beating You know what I'm saying? So, you know, were, this is a 15-year-old's playing, so they're beating CP3. And, you know, Chris Paul's there, very relaxed, calm. He's watching his team lose, um, and the team is looking at him like, like um, basically like just talking mess to him. And um, some of them are like uh, Steph Curry, like they they keep bringing up Steph Curry's name, like you you're not better than Steph Curry, you can't be Steph Curry, all this. And then he just turns back, it's like twenty billion. It's the craziest thing though, like he just started bringing up his salary. It was like whoa, like. Okay, this is this is different. Like we, like we've never talked mess to this degree where somebody can bring up twenty million dollars in salary. Like, let's be quiet. Like it, it was crazy the the silence in the gym after that. It was funny though. Some would say if they have to bring up their salary, they've lost the argument. But I feel like that much of a salary you can't lose though. <laughs> you can't twenty mil. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not losing that much right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's good. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Emo. What is your top personal goal and team goal for this year? What will it take for you and the team to get there? Um, right off the bat, you know, as a team, I want to win the conference. Um, I feel like that should be the standard for everybody on our squad. Uh, win a, win a conference and go dancing, you know. Um, um, and then personally, um, for me, man, I, I feel like. I just, I love to grow. You know what I mean? I love to grow and I love to get better and see improvement in myself. Uh, so I say for me, I want to, you know, I can't put, you know, a specific goal out there and, and you know what I mean? And this is where, I, this is how many points I want, how many assists, how many and steals. And I can't do that. I would just say, you know, having, having myself uh, be the best version of myself. You know what I mean? Having myself be better than I was the day before. You know, if I constantly see that, you know, which I am, if I constantly see that, then I feel like I meet my goal every day. You know what I mean? I have a new goal every day, and that's to be better than I was the day before. So, and that's in everything I do. So if I if I see that with the hoops, then I meet my goal. That's a great goal to have. I mean, you're going to be proud of yourself. Your family's going to be proud of you. Coach is going to be proud of you. You can't go wrong when you just try to get a little bit better each day and, right. uh, you know, be a good a good person overall. So and I think that I, I think that you know with goals, uh, a lot of people can get discouraged. You know what I mean? So you know if if you if your goal is to have this many steals, you know what I mean you don't you don't have that many steals. You know you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes. Like maybe you were in the right position to get that steal, you made a mistake. You know what I mean? But that's the past. You know. So if you know that you put your best into it, you put your best foot forward. You know what I mean? The goal should be, in my opinion, the goal should be being right. So if you're working to be better, it's going to naturally come that you get more still. You know what I mean? That's what I believe. I think you're spot on right there. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Emo. We know how busy you are. We know that you got something to get rid of or ready for tomorrow. And we're all interested in 
what that speech is going to be that you're going to give, <laughs> but you were smart and you kept the tease and didn't let people know. So they've got to, they've got to tune in there. Right. Do you have a message for Monarch Nation? Where can people find you on social? And do you have any, anything you want to promote? Uh, okay. Uh, first of all, shout out to my mother. Um, my favorite person in the world. I love you so much. Um, before I had to say that before I got out of here, but uh, Monarch Nation, you know, since I've since I've got here on campus, you know, a little kid from small town in Texas, since I got here, it's been nothing but you know, support um, and encouragement, you know. So I would love because you know you can't hear from you know everyone who loves me and my family, my friends, my close friends, stuff like that. So. Speaking for all of them, I would like to, you know, say that we are very appreciative, you know, to have that love and support, you know, and feel like an extended family. Um, it means a lot. Um, and I know when my mo my mother first sent me down here to, to Norfolk, she didn't know what to expect. You know, she's sending her 18-year-old baby <laughs> to a, a different part of the States. And and she's comfortable. I can say that she's very comfortable with where I am, uh, knowing I'm in, in good hands. Um, so, yes, very much. Thank you. all. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, emo underscore SN. Um, and on Instagram, emo three SN. And I got any shout outs. Uh, oh, uh, my man, PJ on the squad. RTBNS. Reap the benefits, never surrender, clothing brand, way of life. Um, and then my man, Makai Long, uh, run it up. The clothing brand, the lifestyle. Get your clothing for the lifestyle, man. That's all I got. I'm out of here. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And before you go, I gotta let you know, you are a true leader because you're the only one that shouted out other people's brands. <laughs> That's who I am, man. That's who I. It's in me. It's it's in me, man. That's who I am. Uh, that's the way I was taught. That's the, that's the way I live. I'm gonna continue to live that way. Um, you know, if I'm around you, man, I want you to succeed. And even if I'm not, I still want you to succeed. So, it's enough in this life for everybody. Awesome, Emo. Well, we'll see you at the breakfast tomorrow. Got you. And uh, thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, before you know, you'll be back in what your second favorite place bed to get some rest tonight, right? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Thanks again, Emo. Go Monarchs. Yes, sir. Cool. Go Monarchs.